Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for episode number 12 of the Knuckle Sandwich Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, and today we have such a banger of an episode because we're going over UFC 292 predictions, Aljamain Sterling versus Sugar Sean O'Malley. This card should be fantastic. I'm going to give you all of my insights and my predictions. So, if you're ready, grab your headphones, turn up the volume, grab a sandwich and kick your feet up, because here we go. What is up? If you can't tell, this is episode number 12. If you didn't listen to the uh, intro there, I said this is going to be a banger of an episode, so I better deliver. Gosh darn it. So, uh, listen, we are in Boston, Massachusetts. The, the fight card, not myself. Fight card is in Boston, Massachusetts, the beautiful city of Boston. If you've never been, you must go. It's home of, to the greatest MLB team of all time, the Boston Red Sox. I will fight anyone that says different. Come at me. Let's go. Boston Red Sox all day long. Anyways, we're stri- we're we're getting off the path, okay? Uh, Boston, Massachusetts, TD Garden. This should be a fantastic, mo- more so electric place to be. Um, a lot of great fights, even in the uh, prelims, and we're not even touching on that. But to just to just a little bit, uh, the one fight that I'm super, I say one. There's so many. There's so many good fights on the prelims. You've got Chris Weidman, Brad Tavares, Natalia Silva, Rodrigo Campos, the RoboCop. I mean, guys, you've got to watch this from the very beginning to the very end. So, what we're going to cover today is the main card. There's five fights, beautiful fights that could shake up every single division in the UFC that is fighting on this card. So, let's start out with the very first fight. My man, Marlon Chito Vera. And Pedro Munoz. Now, first and foremost, hats off to Pedro on taking this fight after Henry Cejudo pulled out. If you keep up with everything that goes on, um, Henry Cejudo and Cheeto Vera were supposed to fight. And this was going to be like the the big fight to see who's going to be back into title contention. Because, you know, Cheeto and Sugar Sean have that bad blood from the, the uh, technical loss of the leg injury from Sugar back in the day. Uh, Cejudo just lost to Aljamain. So there's a lot of bad blood between more, all four of those fighters that could have, you know, came up with a good story moving forward. But Cejudo pulled out. Pedro Munoz has just jumped in. So, in all honesty, even with Pedro jumping in, I still feel like this is a fight that Cheeto can truly exceed in and kind of make his statement of saying, "Hey, I'm still here. Look at me as a contender at the bantamweight division." Fighting a guy like Pedro, Cheeto will have the advantage when it comes to the re- length and reach. He has a six-inch reach advantage, okay? That's a lot, okay? Six-inch reach advantage. Um, he should be able to keep him on the outside. Cheeto uh, has won four of his last five fights with knockout or TKO wins over Dominic Cruz and Frankie Edgar. When you watch those fights, his use of length and discipline in both of those fights and kicks. Let's not forget, he knocked them both out with kicks. Dominic Cruz with a left head kick uh, as he was swaying over. And then Frankie Edgar with that nasty up kick that changed his face and was a meme all over the place. Um, But I believe that he's going to be able to use that length and discipline like he did in those fights and put it over to this fight with Pedro Munoz. Now, Munoz is no walk in the park, okay? Munoz has two of his last five wins, uh, or two wins out of his last five fights. One was a no contest, but they were both unanimous decision wins over Chris Gutierrez and Jimmy Rivera. Both, again, great 
fighters, but not as big of a competition, okay? Now, keys to victory for both of these men. Cheeto, need to stay on the outside. Control the pace of the fight, okay? Do not let Pedro start to rush in, create these scenarios where you get get uh, uh, overwhelmed, okay? I believe Pedro's going to come out and have an onslaught. Uh, he's going to attack fast, okay? Because he is the underdog coming in, and he knows that he's the shorter fighter, so he needs to get to the inside fast, okay? That's in my mind, all right? So, Cheeto, you need to stay on the outside. Use the legs. Use the kicks. Control the pace of the fight. And most importantly, endure the onslaught. If you can do all those things, you should have a good night against Pedro. Now, Pedro, in other hands, you need to move in and out. Fighting a lengthy guy, you've got to fight from the outside, be able to get into the inside, land combinations, and get back out again, okay? He's going to have that reach advantage. He's going to be able to be fast, be controlled, because Cheeto is a very fast, he's a very precise and accurate striker, okay? So, you need to be able to move in in and out. You need to keep your head off the center line. If you leave your head on the center line, you will be a punching bag the whole entire night. And most importantly, if it goes to the ground, keep your limbs tucked. Cheeto is notorious for his arm bars uh, and Kimura's. So, if you're on the ground and you find yourself on the ground, keep your limbs close to the body. Don't let him get leverage on the outside. My pick for this fight is Cheeto Vera because I believe that he has more... Uh, more strengths in this fight than Pedro does. I think he's going to be able to keep it at standing. I think he has better ground game than Pedro. But all in all, I believe the length, the speed, the power, the accuracy, everything is leaning towards Cheeto. So I'm taking Cheeto Vera in the very first fight of the night. Moving on to the next fight, Demond Blackshear and Mario Bautista. And let me just say this, the BMF, the true BMF. I know Justin Gaethje just won the belt. This man right here, Demond Blackshear, deserves the BMF title to just be handed to him, put on a silver platter, and said, here you go. He's taking this fight on a seven-day notice after winning via Twister. Only the third ever Twister to happen in the UFC. Um, this just speaks volume to how game he is as a fighter, that he wants to fight. He's not in this for the the fame, the fortune, the whatever, like some of these people get caught up in. He wants to fight, and he likes to fight. And right now, he's showing that he's willing to go against the best at any time. And if he comes out on top, he's going to make history, okay? There's never been a fighter that took a fight on this short notice to win, okay? So the odds are not in his favor right now. He does have nine submission victories in his career. So I believe that's probably where he's going to be taking this fight or be looking to take this fight. On the other hand, though, Mario Bautista is a killer point blank period, okay? His first fight was against Corey Sanhagen in 2019 in the UFC, now, he did lose via armbar, but to say that your first fight coming into the UFC is against Corey Sanhagen, I mean, to me, that just speaks volumes to a f the fighter that you are, that you are already at the top of your game or pretty close to it, that you're one of the best there. He's also a submission specialist, okay? He has six wins by submission, three straight in the first round submission victories in the UFC. I think this is a more even fight, honestly, than... People are portraying it to be. I know that Bautista is a minus 280 favorite if you're into the betting stuff. Um, but I believe that uh, with such a fast turnaround and not a training camp tailored towards Mario, I think Blackshear is at the disadvantage and because he's having to go through a second weight cut again. I mean, he's already probably gained back 15, 20 pounds just by losing the water weight, getting down to 135, 
This is not at a catch weight. This is at the fight weight, okay? So, man, I I truly believe that he's at a disadvantage there. The key's the victory for Blackshear, okay? Distance. I believe he needs to keep distance. Mario is is a, a powerful dude with his hands, but also like he's he's good on the feet or good on the ground, okay? He needs to have distance, but he also needs to have patience. And if you get to the ground, get to Mario's back. Most of Blackshear's submission victories are from rear naked chokes. Okay, he also had the twister uh, last week. So if he can get to the back, I think that's where he's probably the strongest that he's going to be for this fight. Now, Mario's uh, keys to victory. He needs to start fast. This guy just fought seven days ago, okay? Start fast. Put the pressure on him. Get him against the cage. Get him to the clinch. Tire him out. He's already going to be tired. He just fought, okay? And he didn't take a lot of damage, but to go through a training camp, a weight cut, a fight, and now going through another weight cut, and then a new fight, like, he's going to be tired. There's no doubt about it. So if you get him to the cage, get him to the clinch, start fast, put the pressure on him, tire him out, and then I think you try to grab the guillotine while you're on the fence. Get him down to the ground, grab the guillotine, okay? I think it ends in submission. I think one of these guys are going to get submitted or it's going to go to decision. I don't see either of them knocking each other out. But my pick for this fight is Mario Batista just because of the quick turnaround for DeMond Blackshear. But props to Blackshear, all in all, BMF all the way. Let's talk about now maybe my favorite fight on this card. I'm a huge Neil Magny fan. I love Neil Magny. I think he's a such a big 170 fighter. To see him fight at 170, his fight style is just aggressive. I mean, passive-aggressive almost, really. Like, aggressive in the sense of control, cage control. Uh, his striking is slow. So let me, let me get to my details, okay? I'm starting to rabbit hole off. Now, with Neil Magny, this is easily Gary's biggest test yet, okay? Um, his last fight against uh, Daniel Rodriguez was, again, his biggest test, and now it's Neil Magny. He continues to climb the ladder, which is a great thing. Now, like I was talking about with Neil, Neil will suffocate you in the clinch. He'll use his long limbs to land damaging strikes. There's no doubt about it. You look at all of his fights, what does he try to do? He tries to pull you in. He tries to get you close, and then he starts landing elbows, knees, and things of that sort to try and throw you off, to knock you out or to get you to the ground and submit you. Gary, on the other hand, he shows tremendous movement in his feet. He's fast. He can land bombs with speed. Uh, he's in and out constantly. His footwork is amazing. Magny kind of moves a little slower. I think the speed for Ian Gary is going to be the separator in this fight. Um, that, his head movement, and honestly, I think he needs to do some low kicks. Throw some leg kicks, some body kicks. If you watch Neil Magny fight Daniel Rodriguez, Rodriguez landed multiple left hook body shots to Magny that was able to open up the overhand right and the left hook to the top because he was having to consciously guard the body. I think Gary needs to do the same thing. Kicks or punches go to the body. I think Gary's going to start slow to fill out the length and how this fight is going to go with Neil Magny. Now again, he's been training for Jeff Neal this whole time. Jeff Neal pulls out, Neil Magny steps in, but be ready for something. Once he feels out and understands how Magny's going to fight, be ready for something with some fluidity and speed. I think Gary's going to end up putting him away um, probably in one of the later rounds, 
but I do believe that he's going to be able to find something. Now, with Neil Magny, he's won three out of his last five, including a submission win over Daniel Rodriguez. Now, I did say he got tore up by the body shots, but he did end up beating him. He has seven wins by knockout, four wins by submission. Look for Magny to try and make this fight dirty. Like I said earlier, he's going to try to get him in the clinch, get some ground and pound going, control the fight where he can. In Ian Gary, since he's 12-0, 5-0 in the UFC, three by TKO or knockout. We're going to look for Gary to keep this fight standing. I don't believe he needs to go to the ground because we haven't really seen his ground game yet. I believe he has one submission victory out of 12, okay? So he has a 64% takedown defense rating. I would assume that he's going to be able to stop at least a few of the takedowns. And if he gets on the ground, he needs to be able to stay controlled and get up, okay? So keys to victory for Magny. Get to the clinch. Get against the cage. Make it dirty. Pull him to the ground. Let's see what Ian Gary's game on the ground really looks like. And for Ian Gary, move the feet in and out, body shots, low kicks. Make sure that you use all of your weapons against Neil Magny because Neil Magny is like a Swiss army knife in my opinion. But my pick is Ian Machado Gary. The future is here and I believe with this fight, he moves into fighting possibly a top five contender. Now it's time for the two championship fights on the night. Both of these exciting. One, strawweight women's division championship. Uh, let's start with that one. So Zhang Wei Li and Amanda Lemos. Zhang Wei Li is undoubtedly one of the strongest female champs of all time. You know, we have Joanna Jojacek, we have Rosama Yunus, Ronda Rousey, uh, Holly Holm. All of them are strong. Um, but I feel like Zhang Wei Li is just as well-rounded as they come. Like, Holly Holm is a great boxer. Ronda Rousey was great on jiu-jitsu. Um, I think, really, like, Amanda Nunes is the other strongest, well-rounded um, champ. But I feel like Zhang Wei Li is right there with her, right? As well-rounded as they come. She'll stand there and bludgeon you with punches, kicks, elbows, all of it, you name it. But she'll also choke you unconscious. She has no problem doing either one. She has 11 wins by knockout. Eight by submission and 11 first round finishes. She starts out hot. She goes out hot. She has a beautiful leg kick that looks like and works like a jab. And that sets up her combinations. Um, if you look at... What fight was it? I think it was a Yana fight. Um, that lead leg kick multiple times hitting that lead leg with her lead leg opened up multiple overhand lefts because she was having to worry about something coming from the left side when she kept thinking it was the kick. The hand drops just a little bit. Boom. Overhand left. Look for her to do that. The only time that she was ever shown a weakness in her chin, and I don't get really nervous with Zhang Wei Li getting knocked out because she's only been knocked out once, and that was with Thug Rose and that beautiful question mark kick that knocked her out in the first round, like in the very first freaking, I don't know, 30 seconds or something like that. It was super fast. Standing across from Wei Li, though, is another killer in the women's strawweight division in Amanda Lamos. Out of her last five wins, she's finished four with three knockouts and one submission. She does have a tremendous job uh, with moving in and out of the pocket and lands with power. I mean, she hits these women with bricks in her hands. She tends to fight with her hands down, though. That could cause problems with Zhang Weili's speed. She kind of looks like she's in a street fight of sorts, like she's trying to buck up on her sibling or something like that or just a stranger that just bumped into her um, in public. So 
What she needs to be able to do, let's talk about these keys to victory, all right? Starting with Lamo, she needs to go in and out, okay? She needs to fight from a distance. She needs to be able to move those feet, pick her shots, and have the head movement staying off the center line to be able to counter Zhang Wei Li's punches and bunches, okay? And for keys to victory for Zhang, punches and bunches is my first one. You need to land combinations. You need to pressure her. You need to show her that you are not going to back down knowing... That she can hit hard, okay? Use your leg kick to set up the big shots and the takedowns. I think for Zhang, she needs to look at possibly taking this down and making it dirty, okay? Uh, but overall, I think this should be a stand-up battle. I think it may start a little slow in the sense of both these women are killers. And I think they both know that, right? Um, but for Zhang Wei Li, punches and bunches, using that leg kick, I think that's going to be a difference maker. I think that's going to slow Lamos's in and out distance, moving, head movement, all of that, it's going to slow it down. So my pick, and still, Magnum, Zhang Wei Li. And now, it is time for your main event breakdown. The beautiful city of Boston is getting a banger of a main event this weekend. Aljamain Funk Master Sterling versus Sugar Show, Sugar Sean O'Malley. Uh, this is what we all came for. This is what the build-up for this fight... It, this is what it's all centered around, right? The build-up for this fight is as big as you could want it. Um, arguably, two of the most underrated bantamweights right now, um, or in history. I think both of them have kind of like their baggage, right? Um, the bad blood, the potential move-up by Aljo, uh, the the red jacket stealing from Arab, if you know what I'm talking about, whenever uh, it was um, his last fight, Aljamain's last fight, O'Malley comes in with his little Michael Jackson red jacket on. Marab ends up getting it somehow, puts it on, sits on top of the cage, and there's a big fiasco about that. There isn't a bigger fight right now at 135 to make than this one right here. Hands down. I believe Aljamain is the best 135-pounder of all time. Champion of all time. I mean, you have Dominic Cruz, arguably there. Uriah Faber, maybe. But... He's taken down the best of the best. Henry Cejudo, boom. Jan, boom. TJ Dillashaw, boom. Sanhagen, boom. Munoz, boom. I mean, he's taken down the killers in the division that have been at the top forever. He has an, he's on a nine-fight win streak, right? Um, he'll take you to deep waters. He'll drown you in the pressure on the cage and the canvas. He's going to take advantage of the wrestling in this fight. That has to be his plan of attack because I do believe that O'Malley is the better striker here. I think that's fair. Um, Aljo has beautiful head movement, right? And that's how he scores most of his takedowns. He as either catches your kicks or he ducks under your punches and gets into you, okay? But fighting a fast and crisp striker like Sugar Sean O'Malley, that's not going to be easy. So I believe he has to pressure him. He has to close the distance, right? For Sugar, honestly, besides Conor McGregor, Sean O'Malley is arguably the fighter with the most hype behind his name in the game right now. And honestly, arguably, could be more hype behind him than Conor McGregor because I think people are getting tired of Conor. I know I am. But I believe that we have seen him transform from the skinny young 21-year-old that he started with in the Contender Series where uh, Uriah Faber and Snoop Dogg were yelling, Oh, Malley! Into the microphone after he knocked him out to an elite challenger in the division. 
Sometimes it is hard to stay focused on the task at hand when you have the spotlight 24-7. You've got all the fame. You've got the Lambo. You've got the dyed hair. you got the whatever. But I do believe that he has kept his sights on the goal of being a champion and a fighter first. Okay, If you watch his interview with Brett Okamoto, um, he was that's all he talked about. He said, you know, I know that I have money. I know that I could stop right now, but I don't want to. I love fighting, and it scares me to ever stop. Okay? He is one of the best strikers in the division. I think it's like him and Piotr Jan at the top, maybe. And he just beat Jan, right? He beat Jan in a decision. It was a close one. But being the best striker, he also has speed behind every punch. He can string multiple together with ease. Like, I think this is going to be a fantastic fight. Like I said, this is the fight to make it bantamweight. I'm so glad that there's the hype behind it that there should be. Because like I said, both of these guys are underrated, Okay. And, um, yeah, I mean, the keys of victory, let's go over that, right? For Aljamain, like I said, it's keeping pressure. Sean O'Malley has a large reach advantage, I do believe. And if he doesn't have the reach advantage, he has the speed, right? So Aljamain needs to keep the pressure. He needs to shrink the cage. Do not let the center of the cage be where you stand the most, okay? Need to push O'Malley's back towards the cage, shrink it, cut him off, uh, step in front of him, do all the things, and land kicks, Remember, Sean O'Malley lost to Cheeto Vera via leg kick, right? Remember that? Um, I do believe that it's obviously better, but Aljamain needs to land kicks in order to set up the takedowns. Don't try to stand and bang with Sean O'Malley. It hasn't worked for anybody yet. But if you continue to keep the pressure, shrink the cage, and get your takedowns, it's inevitable you're going to, okay? Just be persistent. For Sean O'Malley, you've got to keep the distance. It's, it's, it's the opposite of what Aljo needs to do. Keep the distance. Minimize takedowns. You're not going to be able to stop them all. And if you do, man, like I will Venmo you $5 because that's about all I got. But Sean O'Malley, I will Venmo you 5 bucks if you do not get taken down against Aljamain Sterling. And also, combinations. Land combinations. Finish them with uppercuts. If you know the guy's trying to wrestle you, throw an uppercut. Make him not want to take you down, right? It's... To me, it's that simple, but it's not simple at the same time. This fight is insane. I can't wait for this freaking card. Let's go over our picks again. Number one, Cheeto Vera over Pedro Munoz. We're going to go Bautista over Blackshear. We're going to go Ian Gary over Neil Magny. Zhang Wei Li and Still over Amanda Lemos. And then we've got the Funk Master, Aljamain Sterling over Sugar Sean O'Malley. Ladies and gentlemen, I told you at the beginning this would be a banger of an episode, and I do believe that I delivered. I feel like I was on point. Listen, if I was and you loved this episode, please like this, share this on your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, Snapchat. Uh, I don't know, y'all, you still use Tumblr? I, I don't. MySpace? Whatever you got. Listen, uh, share this with all your people. Right now, I'm at like 115 listens across all the episodes. I want to get to 140 with this. I want 25. I want to break my record right now. Get this episode to 25 listens, and I will shout everybody that listened out if I if you tell me that you listened um, on all my social medias. Thank you so much. I love you. Please listen to this episode. Watch the fights this weekend, and then come prepared. We're going to be on YouTube, TikTok starting next week. Follow us there, Instagram, Knuckle Sandwich Podcast, YouTube, Knuckle Sandwich Podcast, TikTok, knuckle.sandwich.pod. So many exciting things coming. I love you all. I hope you have a great week. Oh, yeah, my boy Mark Pillow. Be ready, man. I'm excited. Going to have him on the episode uh, next week as well. Guys, I hope you have a great week, great weekend. I will see you next week. Peace.